0: Before we get started uh, this evening, I kind of want to start off with a disclaimer. I've spoken several times, whether it be at Fried Hardeman, here, or somewhere else. And of the several times that I've spoken, I've used PowerPoint about six or seven times. About all six or seven times I've used PowerPoint, it has broken. So maybe that won't happen tonight. So if something goes wrong with this, I'm going to keep going. Just ignore it because it may break. Tonight, uh, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about how we can change our time to God's time. In order to do that, I want us to talk about three things. In order for us to really understand how to change our time to God's time, we have to really know what is our time, what makes up our time. So we're going to look at that. After we get done with that, we're going to look at what God considers to be His time. And then after that, we'll close by looking at the ways that we can change God, change time bleh, our time to God's time. Kind of a tongue twister. Start off, we need to understand what we do in our lives that takes up our time. The number one thing that I could think of that takes up probably everyone's time in this audience tonight is work or school. For this group down here and some of them in the audience, school takes up most all of your time. And for the adults, work takes up a lot of time, whether it be now or used to, or you may be working at home or doing things around the house. So work takes up a lot of time. Um, And we have to be careful with that because when you're in school, When you're at work, you're around different people, we have to be careful how we act. So that's something that takes up a lot of what we do in our everyday lives. Number two, uh, something that takes up a lot of our time is friends. Everyone in this audience has a friend. Some may have more friends than others. But everybody has a group of friends that they talk to, hang out with, and that takes up a lot of your time you're with your friends at school you're with your friends at work you're with your friends when you go to ball games Uh, no matter how young or how old you are you have friends and they take up a lot of your time the last thing as far as our time is concerned our personal time time that we take aside for ourselves after after work after school um, at night time that we use for ourselves, whether it be just sitting down, relaxing, taking a nap, um, no matter what it is, just personal time. Those are the three things that I could put into categories. They're all three really broad, but we're gonna break it down here in a few minutes. On these PowerPoint slides, you're about to see, oh, one fast, that's good, a chart. This chart shows how many hours are in a week. There's 168 hours in one week. Hopefully I did the math right on that part. okay. So, 168 hours in a week. What we're gonna do for a few minutes is we're gonna break down those three categories into these little squares, and they're gonna show up and it's gonna be all colorful. So, as we're doing this, I want you to think in your mind, is this really how you spend your time? Is this really what you do during a week. I got this off of an internet site um, that does surveys, um, different types of surveys, and this is one of them was on it. And this one has been performed for years now, and they've done it several times, so it's really accurate. This takes an average human's time in one week and breaks it down. So 56 hours out of the week, a human being sleeps. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time wasted. Some may sleep more than that, some may sleep less than that, less than that. Fifty-six hours of sleep. Work. And when I was typing this, I forgot to put slash school. Work and school. Same difference. Forty hours a week. You're in school or you're at work. That's a lot of time. This one kind of blew me away a little bit. Twenty-two hours of an average human being's week, they spend behind some type of screen watching television or on the internet, whether it be your cell phone, your iPad, television, 22 hours, that's almost an entire day behind a screen. That's kind of crazy, if you think about it. Hobby slash exercise, 8 hours. Well, that kind of fits into that personal Uh, time category, what you do as hobbies and exercise. Commute and travel, 11 hours of an average human being's week you spend on the road. Whether it be going back and forth from work, going to the store, what have you, 11 hours a week. Movies, three hours. That's an average of about two movies that a human being watches per week. Whether it be at the movie theater, at home, Whatever, three hours. Home and lawn, this is working at home, um, out in the garden, whatever you do at your house, outside or inside, seven hours you spend working on your house. Shopping, this may be more or less for some of you out there, it's definitely less for me, seven hours a week, shopping. Reading, two hours a week, and this could be, I don't know about you guys, I don't know how much you read, but when I was in high school, I definitely didn't read two hours. Now, it's way more than that. So this is an average. Two hours. Sports. Six hours. I took this and broke it down into this one category. The internet side had it in a bunch of different categories. But sports. Six hours someone would spend doing something sports-related. And then friends. Four hours of talking to your friends, hanging out with your friends, being with your friends. And then... The survey put in a coffee break, um, which is just kind of one hour that they say, well, you weren't really doing anything productive, but you were there. So one hour. (laughs) Remainder. Out of 168 hours in a week, four of them remain. That means that you've used, an average human has used 164 hours on various things. I don't know if you were thinking while I was going through this, if this fits you. Um, but if you notice, there's no God in any of this time. Four hours is what's remaining. And then if you're at church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, that's for three hours. That leaves one. One hour that you're not, that, that you have left to give to God besides church time? One hour. I want you to really think about that. Is that how we live our lives as humans every week? Do we have one hour to give to God and that's it? We're going to move on to the next point. That kind of broke down how we spend our time. Now we're going to look at how God expects us to give Him His time. The number one thing that I could think about when thinking about time and God wanting time for Him was church. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking our own assembly together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are commanded to give God Church time. And I'm going to take this verse a little farther. That doesn't just mean coming between those two back doors right there. Just because you come to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night does not mean that you're here. We are commanded to be physically, mentally, and spiritually locked in to what's going on At this service, we kind of talked about it this morning a little bit when Chad talked about the singing. That means when the song leader is up here leading songs, we are commanded, everyone out there, me included, to sing. We must be spiritually, mentally, and physically locked in to what's going on when we meet. I want you to ask that question to yourself as you're sitting there tonight. I know I can be boring sometimes, but are you spiritually, mentally, and you're obviously physically locked in? Church is God's time, not your time. Another aspect of time that I could think of that would be considered God's time is our time. Our time is God's time. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Whatever we do, out of all those 164 hours that we said that we gave to other things, we must be living our lives to glorify God. So therefore, our time is not ours at all. It's God's time we're commanded to give it to him are you giving it to him in everything that you're doing I have to answer that question for myself too our time is God's time church time is God's time and finally in wrapping up what God considers to be his time all time is God's time if church is God's time and our time is God's time. That means everything is God's time. Which means, kind of what I said earlier, everything that we do is God's. God can take time away from you at any point that he wants to. And you have absolutely no control over it. God created time and he can take it from you just as easy as he gave it to you. I have one question to ask you right now, and I'm going to ask it again later. But I'm going to ask it now for you to be thinking about it when I ask it later. If Christ were to come back right now, and God were to take time away from each and every one of you in this room right now, would you be going to heaven, or would you be going to hell? That's a question that each and every one of us have to answer. And as I finish wrapping things up, I want you to be thinking about that question, and I want you to honestly answer it in your head. I know that question probably gets asked a lot, but I probably know there's several times that there are people that are not answering that question honestly in their head. Be honest with yourself. Are you giving God His time all the time? Because that's what we're commanded to do. Now we're going to move into how we can change some of what we consider to be our time into God's time. One of the best ways that when reading and trying to research this topic, I found that we can give God our time is by praying to him. We need to pray to God every single day, multiple times of day, of the day, not just at night when we lay our heads down to go to bed or when we wake up in the morning to take on the next day. We need to pray to God as much as we can. Praying to God is how we talk to God, is how we communicate with God. My marriage and the family teacher back at free uh, his name's Roy Sharp, that may be irrelevant. He's a really good guy, and he said something in class the other day um, before Timothy asked me to speak. It, it kind of clicked once Timothy asked me and said I could use this. We were talking about relationships, not just marriage relationships. This applies to marriage relationships definitely, but all relationships. He said, communication is the key To all relationships, if there is no communication, then your relationship will fail. That's a guarantee. If there is no communication, your relationship will fail. Praying to God is how we communicate with God. And if we don't pray to God, that means we're not communicating with Him. Which means our relationship with God will fail if we're not praying to God. I challenge you to have an active prayer life. More than just praying right before you go to bed, or right when you wake up in the morning. Because it's not the same. When God sees you wanting to talk to Him, He knows that you're trying to give Him His time in any time you can. The next way that we can give God our time is by reading our Bibles. I know we hear this stuff all the time, but I hope you're really thinking about it. Really thinking about that question I asked five minutes ago. Reading our Bible... Is really important. Reading your Bible is how you become knowledgeable of God's Word and what He wants from you. Just hearing it from someone standing behind this pulpit is not enough. You must read your Bible every day to become knowledgeable of what God expects from you. I hope that everybody in this room will read their Bible every single day to become knowledgeable of what God expects from you. And if you're reading your Bible every day, then you're going to be giving God His time because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Read your Bible to become knowledgeable of what God expects from each and every one of us. Finally, one way that we can change our time to God's time is by living a Christian life each and every day. We must act in a way that shows that we are Christians all 168 hours of the week. If we... Don't act like we are Christians. People won't think you're Christians, and therefore God is not happy with you. He is not happy when we don't act in ways that we're supposed to. Whether it be we get mad when we shouldn't be getting mad, or whatever. We need to make sure that we are living the best life that we can for God. Because that's the only reason you're here. If it were not for God and were not for Christ, you would not be sitting in these pews right now. Live a Christian life. Remember that question that I asked almost ten minutes ago now? I hope you haven't forgot it if God were to take time away from you right now, would you be going to heaven or would you be going to hell? That's a realistic question because God can take time away from you at any point that He wants. That means... If he wants to take the time away from you, when you walk out those back doors right there, he can. And if you don't do something about whatever's going on in your life, before you walk out those back doors right there, it's too late. If God decides to take time away from you, he may not. He may wait 10 years, 15 years, 20 years Five minutes, two seconds, one second. If Christ were to come back right now, where would you go? And if you're not honest with yourself this second, this minute, it's too late. If there's anything that the church can do for you tonight, Whether you need prayers to the congregation or you want to put Christ on in baptism because it may be too late five minutes from now when this service is over. And if it's too late all God is going to say is I'm sorry I gave you time but you didn't take advantage of it. And then all you can do then is look in the mirror and say, that was my fault. That was my fault. Give God his time right now.